times of stress or stressful times. Uh, the word perilous, uh, difficult, fierce, ferocious, uh, but it means the reducing of strength or reducing the strength of. And anytime stress comes on the scene, that's exactly what it does. It'll tear you down, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, you know, uh, has a tendency to do that. And so, uh, you know, as the days progress, it, there's more and more of that out there. Uh, you know, we're even in a day in society or a day in an age that uh, in our society that, uh, you know, there's so much out there that's supposed to make life a little easier. But because of everything going on, really, in all honesty, it's just as stressful, if not more, come on, now as it probably ever has been. Are you with me? Amen. Not that I'm wanting it or wanting it for your life or my life, but it's just out there. And so what we've done then is we've been dealing with, uh, you know, just things that deal with, uh, you know, dealing with stress in our lives. And really, in a sense, uh, more or less what I'm probably more about is, just eliminating stress, not just trying to deal with it. Come on, somebody, but eliminating it. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel like we need to be stressed. Look at your neighbor, say, no, no, no room for stress. Amen. And uh, so we've been coming at it from different angles. Uh, this text, of course, deals with, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, talking about brings out the fact that when, uh, when we are. Uh, self-absorbed or, uh, you know, or consumed or self-serving or self-striving, that's really where stress comes from. Uh, so whether it's a, uh, on one end of the fact that you're trying to do everything yourself, come on somebody, that brings stress, or you're on the other side of that thing and it's just all about you and who cares about anybody else, all, you do, all you've done is open the door for stress. Come on somebody. And of course in this text too, it's talking about being a lover of God rather than a lover of self. It always works better when you love God more. Yeah. Amen. Now, God loves you. Come on, right? So you, you don't have to worry about you because God loves you. Come on now. But you should be in love with Jesus. Come on, somebody. You should be in love with your Lord, with your Savior. Come on now. Amen. If you stay more in love with God, amen, than you, it's probably going to work out better for you. Amen. Now, of course, we're dealing with things uh, about stress. Uh, the last several times I spoke on a midweek, I dealt with, uh, you know, guarding what you sow. Because you reap what you sow. So if you're sowing, you know, things that create stress, come on somebody, you just have to understand that there's probably going to be a harvest of stress. Come on. So we kind of came at that from different angles. And, and, uh, but today I'm going uh, to kind of shift gears a little bit again. And we're going to go to Psalms 37 is where I'm going to start. We're going to end up in Genesis for the most part. But uh, we're going to go to Psalms 37. <clears throat> Psalms 37, and it's really a, a common text, but we're going to kind of look at it um, and maybe get some, glean some meat out of it here today. Psalms 37 and 23 says, The steps of a good man were ordered by the Lord. Now, you see the word good there is italicized, but the word man, when you look it up, it means a valiant man or a mighty man or a righteous man. Um, so that's, that's kind of where they get that. So the steps, everybody say steps. How many know there's steps to take? Yep. Come on, there's steps. Everybody's got their steps we've got to take. And uh, if we're going to go anywhere in God, then you have to understand it's, it's going to happen by steps. 
Come on now, it's not something that happens overnight. There's always this progressive development that happens in our lives. And uh, I don't care who you are and where you are uh, in your walk. Uh, it's probably until the Lord comes back, we're going to constantly have uh, some ongoing work happening in our lives. Come on, there's always something going on. That's why it says we go from glory unto glory. It's talking about a progressive work. Amen. We're going from faith to faith. It talks about in Romans 1. What is that? It's a progressive thing. Amen. Talking about, you know, grace upon grace out of John 1. You know, dealing with, really, it's leaning on God. Why? Because on a daily basis, you need a new level of grace. you got to keep drawing on grace. Amen, right? Come on. Psalms 84 talks about going from strength to strength. Amen. So all of it deals with uh, this, this ongoing process of growth and development. So here he's talking about here, the, the uh, psalmist is talking about the steps of a good man are ordered. Everybody say ordered. Ordered, ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Let's read verse 24, and then we'll come back up. Though he fall, or stumbles, okay, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Now, who is he upholding? Upholding the one uh, that is taking the steps, but yet stumbling. Come on, right? All right, so go back to verse 23. Uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, the word ordered here, dealing with this thing, it's not talking about every step that you take has been something that's been ordered. It's a big difference, okay? Because if every step we take that's been ordered, and what's the need for God or need for prayer or the need for the Word or the need for, come on, right? There'd be no need for seeking God. But what it is, the idea is, is that God gives forth an order or a declaration or tells you uh, an instruction. It actually refers to, as you study it, it deals with literally as a military command. In other words, he gives you a step-by-step. -step. He tries to walk you through this. Why? I, you know, in context, what we're dealing with, keep you stress-free. Come on now. God wants to walk you through this thing. God ain't trying to ask any of us to do this on our own strength or our own power. Amen. He's trying to walk you through this. Amen. So the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. Okay, now this here has a couple like he and his. They're not even in the text. Uh, so it kind of looks like, you know, God's delighting in his way. It's just, but it's, it's actually, there's only two Hebrew words in that, in that phrase there. And it means to take delight or take pleasure in. And it means a road, journey, or a course of life. So there's not even the word he or his ain't even in there. Okay, so it's, it's dealing with the fact that uh, the steps of a good man are ordered, and that man needs to take pleasure in the journey, take pleasure, come on, in the, the road that he's taken, in the course of life. Amen. In other words, if we keep following God, it'll be pleasurable. It won't be stressful. Are you hearing me? See if we're letting God lead us, all right? And so then it goes in verse 24 because of, to me it just balances it, okay? For though he fall, and I'm just going to say it like this, okay? Uh, there ain't any of us that's going to do it always perfect. Come on now. God's trying to lead us every day, but you know as well as I do, we don't necessarily hit her on the mark every day. Well, maybe you do, but I don't. Anybody hear me today? And see, though you stumble, okay, though you fall, understand that he shall... That he shall not utterly cast down or cast out. Amen. So God isn't looking just because you stumbled, just because you didn't get it right. right. Come on, that he's just going to cast you out. How dare you? All right. But the Lord is there what? To uphold you. That word uphold means to sustain, 
He's there to uphold you or sustain you with his hand. Amen. So the point being is this, because I felt like this is a good one with what we're going to deal with. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know how long, maybe, maybe a few weeks here or something, but dealing with following God, being led by God, amen, but still understanding the balance of the mercy of God. Come on, somebody. The blood of Jesus. Come on now. Amen. And understand that God is still always there. And to me, this thing tells me, amen, that if you just keep moving toward God, this thing will be okay. All right? So even though you stumble, get back up, move toward God. All right? Because he's there to sustain you. He ain't there to knock you out because you blew it. Are you still with me? So we have to establish that before we go any further. Are you still with me? Okay, put uh, uh, just real quick Romans 4 uh, and verse 12, please. This is kind of coming in the middle of a statement, talking about Abraham, the father of our faith. And it says, And the father of circumcision to those uh, who not only are uh, of the circumcision, but who also ask, here, or pardon me, who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. Now, in context, there's a lot more being said in this text, obviously. But the point being made is that uh, Abraham is being you know, referred to as the father or a father figure uh, to us, come on, of a man of faith who walks steps. Come on, somebody. And in context, it's dealing with us that we can, you know, just like it says in Hebrews, that you know, to imitate those who their, through their faith and their patience, they inherit the promises. Come on, right? So in other words, Abraham is an example. Still with me? Because I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about Abraham tonight, okay? Okay, so a man that took steps, who was led, but he didn't always do it right. But he did enough right that he's referred to as a man of faith. Come on, somebody. As a father of our faith. Come on, somebody. Uh, as a patriarch of faith, you know, Hebrews 11, he's mentioned more than once, amen, because he's referred to as a man of faith. So he did enough things right. Come on, somebody. Come on, right? But he didn't do everything right. So I think he's a great example to learn from. 1 Corinthians 10 tells us uh, that, uh, you know, these uh, are patriarchs of faith, the things of their life, the things that happen, they're like examples to you and me. And for our admin, uh, admonist, uh, admonition, there you, admonition or learning or training or whatever. Okay, so let's, with that said, let's go to Genesis. Now, we're going to hang out in Genesis tonight, all right? So Genesis 12, verse 1, please, all right? So let's go there. You might as well turn there because we're going to hang out. We're going to do quite a bit in there uh, tonight. So are you still with me tonight? Yeah. All right, so let's learn some things. Let's glean some things. Now, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there from the very get-go, because anytime you start talking about following God, hearing God, and do's and don'ts about that kind of stuff, everybody has their own way of processing all that and feeling and hearing that. Come on, somebody. We all have filters, and everything runs through our filters. Come on, somebody. I not, you know, we're not here to analyze anybody's life except Abraham's, and whatever we can glean from it, let's glean from it. Amen? That's right. Come on now. Amen? All right. So, praise God. So here we go. So chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord said to Abram. In other words, uh oh, we're going to get a step here. Right? He's wanting to lead him here. And then the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country. <laughs> from your family. And from your father's house. To a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. 
So this is where, you know, that's why you're to be blessed, right? So you could be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you, curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All right? So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Who? And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old. Now, that's all important. All right, because they kind of start talking all the way through this thing, giving you his age and all this, because there's a reason why you follow God. Come on, somebody. There's a reason why you don't want to miss God on certain things. And so it says that he was 75 years old uh, when he departed from Haran. So, uh, and it goes on the next verse, talking about that he took Sarah's wife. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. He took his wife, isn't that nice? And he took Lot, his brother's son. And that's, that's, that's who Lot was, his brother's son. So his, this is his nephew, all right? And all, his, and all their possessions. So it, never, no, it wasn't just Abram and Sarah's stuff. It's all Lot's stuff, okay? Anyway, uh, so, uh, anyway so we have, we have some instruction, all right? Now, uh, really, to be honest, uh, you know, it's, it's about, you know, trusting God. How I many know, uh, you know, it says in verse... Uh, for that he departed as the Lord spoke, right? So he obviously left his own country. Amen. Uh, he left, he left, left most of the family. Come on, somebody. And, and from, uh, you know, his father's house to a land. And in other words, he was, he was going somewhere that he, he had no idea about. He had never been, he had never been there yet. Are you with me? Yeah. I mean, that, that takes some faith, wouldn't it? Yeah. I said that takes some faith. You know, he didn't get on, online and check it all out first. And come on. Come on. Right? He didn't have all them options. Come on now. God said, you know, leave here, go there. Uh, go where? Well, I'll show you as you go. Are you still with me? Um, let's see. Put, uh, I think I might have gave you uh, like Hebrews 11. It kind of just brings it out. So just throw that up there. Hebrews 11, 8 says, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. And remember, in the, we're talking about the faith hall of fame here. He's mentioned because he did go out, right, to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. That's, that takes faith to do that. So, yay, Abraham, right? Come on, right? So sometimes, you know, that's, that's you know, that God asks you to do things not knowing. Right? I mean, you don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's by faith. I mean, God's asking you to do something. You, you don't know. You, didn't, you don't have no idea how this is going to be, how this is going to turn out. But you just know in your heart God's instructing you to do that. Are you with me? So not knowing. Put verse 9. I think I might have gave you that one too. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, uh, dwelling in tents uh, with Isaac and Jacob, and uh, the heirs with him of the same promise. Praise God. So there was promises made. And, and how many know he received his promise, the promised son, um, the, the promised land and all. But how many know it wasn't, wasn't real easy in, in some parts of it? Come on now. All right. So with that said, let's go back to uh, Genesis 12. And let's go to like verse 1 and 2 in there. Let's look at this. Verse 1 says, Get out uh, from your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Amen. So obviously he went. So that was a good thing, right? So we see, uh, you know, he, he, by faith, took steps to go uh, to an unknown place. Amen. 
And, and just a little statement here, you know, sometimes you got to do what others won't do if you're going to achieve what others can't, you know, have never achieved. And so sometimes God's going to ask of you sometimes to do something that you ain't never done before or go somewhere you've never been before or whatever. Are you still with me? All right. So now uh, there was a, a great instruction here. But how many know he didn't necessarily follow it all the way? Now he brought Lot with him. Lot was nothing but a pain in his rear end. And yet, you know, uh, he brings him. Now, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe his brother was tired of his son or something. Take the kid. I, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know how it all went down. Um, but, you know, maybe he, would, maybe he, uh, maybe he uh, you know, was, was working for, for Abram or something at the time and thought, well, you know, I'm bringing everybody else with me. Why don't you just come too? Whatever. But he was instructed. Come on now. He was instructed, leave your family. Okay. Now, remember, um, he wants you to delight in the course of life. He wants you to delight, to have pleasure, take pleasure in the process. So just, just throwing this out there, what happened in this, he, he heard, he gets praise for what he did do right, but he didn't necessarily follow all of it. As a result of it, it brought stress in certain parts of this that he could have eliminated. Are you still with me? Now, let's, let's just go back to that original, uh, you know, text there where, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, though we fall or though we stumble, get your fanny back up. Come on now. Amen. Keep moving toward God anyway. Yes. Come on, right? Because he's there to sustain you. So, amen. So we just got to keep throwing that in there because we've all been in this kind of place where God instructed us, talked to us about something. And maybe we fed in a few other little bits of information. And, and maybe, you know, we decide, well, that sounds good. But I think if I do this too, it'd be better. You ever been guilty of that? And then later found out, yeah, there was a reason he said not to do that. You know, amen. So we've all been in that kind of place. And so uh, let's, go, uh, let's, let's go to chapter 13 and verse 1. And we'll see how much of this we'll read here. Uh, it says, then Abram went, uh, in fact, let me just read it out of mine, and then you just follow along. Chapter 13, verse 1, then Abram went up from Egypt, uh, he and his wife and all uh, that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich uh, in livestock, in silver, and in gold, okay, very wealthy. And he went on his journey uh, from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning uh, between Bethel and Ai. Uh, to the place of the altar, which uh, he had. Now, I'm glad that they kind of mention all the places and stuff, because when you, if you go and you find the maps and you kind of look at it, you can kind of see the kind of layout and what he was asked to do, where he was asked to go, and, and all that, because it all starts making some sense. Come on, somebody, because of some, some things that are, that are going to happen here. And, and uh, so it says, uh, to the place uh, of the altar, which uh, he had made there at first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord, Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Remember, he brought all his stuff too. Now, the land uh, was not able to support them. Okay, well, there shouldn't have been of them. All right? 
I said there shouldn't have been of them. See, that's why it pays to hear from heaven and follow what he said, right? Come on now. And uh, so anyway, the land uh, could not support them. Now, I see some of you might say, well, well, God, how come God told me here? And <laughs> well, you did you, you, you threw you threw your own thing in the mix here. And so you botched it up a little bit. And you can't get mad at God because you did your own thing. Come on now. See, it pays to hear from heaven and follow it. All right. Uh, you know, now, so listen here. Here we go. Uh, so now the land was not able to support them uh, that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was stress. Right? See, there's strife now in the camp. Abram's herdsmen are now fighting with, with uh, Lot's herdsmen. And all we got is big open door for stress. Because we threw in our own little thing in the mix. Everybody hear me? Amen. Now, listen, so this is why it pays to, you know, as much as you can hear God uh, and follow it, the better, you're off, the better off you are. Right? I said right? Okay, so, so uh, what we're trying to bring out with this, that some, to, to some degree, sometimes some of the stress levels are, are based on whether we're hearing or not hearing or following what we have heard. Are you still with me? So that's kind of the angle we're coming at this here. All right. So anyway, so Abram's livestock, uh, you know, and the herdsmen of Lot's, they are all, they're all fighting now. Okay. And uh, so it, it ain't good. So now we just got issues. All right. Uh, verse 8. So, so Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife uh, between you and me. All right. So obviously there's, there's stuff going on. Okay. Now I've got a, a family member. Come on. How many know that's, that's always fun to fight with family, isn't it? It's just amazing. I love that fighting with family. Right? Come on now. Because they always show up to the next picnic, and then you got to stare at each other and throw potatoes at them or something. Come on. That's what's that. What do we got? We got stress. Okay? Strife always brings stress. All right. So anyway... Uh, so he said, "Why don't you know? Let's let's stop fighting, and um, you know, let's uh, let's 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 you know separate here a little bit. Come on, right?" And uh, he said, "You know, we're brethren. Come on, man." Verse nine: "Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me." Verse nine here: "And you 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 uh, you take or pardon me if you take the left, uh, then I'll go right. I mean I mean we're not even I mean, we're talking about. Come on now, he's he's not even talking to God now. He just come on." God said, no, I'm giving you the land, dude. You don't turn around and go giving whatever Lot wants. But he's trying, all he's trying to do is eliminate stress. We got issues. He just doesn't want the conflict. Some people are okay with conflict, some ain't. Come on now. Not that there should ever be conflict, but the point is, is that there is conflict once in a while, and some people will do whatever it takes to eliminate conflict, even if it means give up. Yeah, and you, yeah, you get out of the will of God. And you know, God's telling you something, doesn't matter, because I just can't handle this. So that's where Abram is. I just can't handle all this. Just, just, just pick a piece, go there, please. 
And he's probably going home talking to Sarah. I know why my brother told him to go with me. Yeah. Is he dead? Okay, well, there you go. Now you messed up my whole, messed up my whole thing. The point is, we have stress. Amen. So now uh, Abraham's willing to do whatever it takes to eliminate that stress. Okay, so he says, you know, you, you pick, you know, whatever which way you want to go, and, and I'll go the other way. If you want to go right, I'll go left. And Lot lifted his eyes, and of course, what's he going to go by? Let's see, what looks the greenest? What looks the nicest? Easiest, right? Why? Because he's, he's a representation of following the flesh. Come on, somebody. And whatever you start in the flesh, you've got to maintain by the flesh. So here he's going to pick whatever, you know, it looks the easiest. Come on. And I mean, no, that isn't always necessarily the right thing. But nevertheless, it shouldn't have mattered because it didn't matter whether it was green or not. Ain't none of it yours, dude. But anyway, all right, let's move on. So, of course, he lifted up his eyes. He looked over to the plain of George. Woo, look at that. That is, that is, uh, uh, that is uh, pardon me, that it was well watered. Everywhere. For the Lord uh, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord it looked like, right? Like the land of Egypt as you go uh, towards Zor. In other words, it must have been beautiful, praise God. So verse 11 says, Then uh, Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Uh, verse 12, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. All right? Here we go. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked. And sinful against the Lord. All right, so hello. Well, that's the start of a bunch of problems. Shouldn't have brought Lot, dude. Now we're going to have all kinds of issues. All right, anyway, verse, uh, let's get down here, verse 14, because God's going to talk some more now, okay? You notice there's not really a lot of other talking going on, but all of a sudden here in verse 14, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. Just, just, just a point. I mean, you're going to find that if you really kind of look at this, you're going to find it all through, all through this of his life because every time he made a decision to do his own thing, God stopped talking to him. Mm-hmm. Somebody says, well, I just, I just can't hear from God. Well, what's the last thing God talked to you about? I always, that's the first breakfast. First thing I'm going to recommend to you, what was the last thing God spoke to you about? Go back. Go back, talk, think about what God already talked to you about. Because maybe, maybe you, you're not doing what he asked you to do. Come on. Just, just, just a thought, right? Anyway, come on. So anyway, so God tells him now, gives him another instruction. Everybody say another step. All right, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Now, first off, remember, uh, Lot went off one direction, but Abram's still there. He said, lift up your eyes now, look from the place where you are. Look at this, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Well, I think uh, he went, which way did... He went eastward, and God still says, look eastward, 
<laughs> if it's still yours. <laughs> I just, you know, anyway. Okay. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust, in other words, look, what do you, can, you, can you count it? No. Well, that's so shall your seed be, right? Come on, right? He said, so that, the, that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Look at that. Arise, walk in the land. Here we go. Arise. Here's instruction. So he, you lift up your eyes. Look. Well, what do you start with? Let's get it right. Come on now. So uh, northward, right? Then what? Southward. Then what? Eastward. And westward. Okay? So take a look. As far as you can see is yours. Okay, right? And then he said something else. Now, I want you to do something. I want you to rise and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Anybody hear me? So what's the instruction? Go walk the land. Well, that, that might take weeks. What else you got to do? Except follow God. That's just, just a thought, right? What else you got to do? I mean, does anything else really matter? So God says, you know, you look. Well, obviously he did, you know, and now I want you to, I want you to now walk it. Well, then what happened? Abram moved his tent. <laughs> now, you might think I'm just taking, you know, liberty here, okay, but I don't think he walked it. Because I think he looked and went, heck no. That's a long walk. I'll, I can get it from my eye. I can see it. And God said, walk it. Why? Because you need to take, need to take it. Because wherever the sole of your foot treads is, is what's given to you. But if you ain't going to go take it, then something's going to happen. The enemy slides in and takes it from you. Because that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. So, come on. So, you take the, you've got you to walk the land now and claim this as your land. So, what did he do? He went and got his tent and went and pitched it over by a tree. Well, it's hot out there. I don't want to walk. I don't, geez. You know, the horses and, well, probably camels or whatever they had. I don't know. Huh? I mean, you know, eh, I don't feel like, you know, pitching up anything. I don't feel like putting on no saddle or whatever they did. They, maybe they didn't use saddles. I don't know. You know, you know, I didn't want to get in the car. I didn't have air conditioning, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, sometimes we have all kinds of reasons and excuses and we start analyzing things. And God just gave a simple instruction. Look, 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 look. Now walk it. Walk it. Take it. Well, so he went and pinched his tent. Uh, so Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the uh, terebinth trees in Mamre, which are in Hebron, okay, uh, and built uh, an altar there to the Lord. Did God ask him to build an altar? See, if, if you really stop and you think about it, there's a lot of altars being built in the scriptures that were never asked to be built. Because it's our way of somehow justifying our disobedience. Anybody hear me? I'm talking about stress-free life. 
And if God's trying to lead you and walk you in things, and you decide you're still going to do your own thing, but somehow, you know, I'll, I'll do something nice to make, make up for it. Well, you know, scriptures are pretty clear. Remember what happened to Saul, King Saul? You know, go take out the Amalekites. I want them out. Gone. Done. Well, he didn't do that, did he? So he was more interested in what everybody else thought. Come on. And so, um, you know, he justified it, didn't do it. So, uh, you know, he said, well, I'm going to keep a bunch of these animals for, you know, for sacrifices for the Lord. So I want to give it unto the Lord. The Lord told you what to do, dude. He didn't say anything about no sacrifice. He didn't say about building no altars. He didn't need no burnt offerings. Come on now, you might think I'm just being nitpicky. Come on, but I'm just saying this is what, these are the kind of things then that bring stress. We open the door wide and all of a sudden we got all kinds of family issues and problems and stress and financial issues. And we wonder, and the whole time God said, do this, don't do this, do this, do this, don't do this. And we go out, well, you know, surely he didn't mean all that. And we somehow justify it in our own head. And then next thing we know, we got problems. And we want to know, where's God? We get all mad at God. And God never fails you. And he'll always be there to sustain you. But if you keep moving toward him. So we're, again, we're not beating you up because you've had a misstep. There ain't a person in this room or those watching or listening by internet who haven't had a misstep. We've all had a misstep. Probably this week. And it's only Wednesday. <laughs> right? Come on now. I'm just, it's serious. It's a, we are. Because most of the time, most people, I'm talking about Christians, don't take the time to hear God on a daily basis. They just live life normal and on, when, until their back's against the wall. Then all of a sudden they're trying to press in and get what they can from God. I know it's none of you, but those other people. Right? Come on. But see, if we don't take the time in here and get the steps that, that God's trying to lay out for us, and then we, we have nothing but stress in our lives because we're not taking the steps that He's trying to lay out. And so we're trying to do things in our power and our strength or because it's what, how we feel. So, uh, you know, back to Saul, King Saul, uh, you know, the prophet of God shows up and, you know, you know, Saul's trying to justify everything. And he said, you know, What's all that noises in the background I'm hearing? Well, it's, you know, all them animals I saved for sacrifices. Well, 1 Samuel 15, and I think it's verse 22, and he just says, you know, the Lord didn't ask you to do anything. He ain't looking for sacrifice. He's, he's more interested in your obedience. Do what he asks you to do. Now, for whatever it's worth, Saul and Jonathan, his son, were both killed. Come on. Amalekites. In the end. Just, just you know. So it would have paid to take out the Amalekites. Just a thought. Anyway. So God deals with him, or probably the prophet God deals with him, and says, obedience is better than sacrifice. God ain't looking, and the reason I brought this up, God ain't looking for you to go out and build a bunch of altars unto God. All he's asked you to do, is, uh, all he's asked you to do uh, Abraham, is walk the land. Yeah. Just walk the land. I don't need you to build no more altars. Just walk the land. Are you still with me? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Well, that might have took time. Of course it does. Because a lot of times God will give you a step and it might take a few more minutes. Well, God's asked me to study this. Well, then study it. Well, God's asked me to, uh, you know, to read this. Well, then read it. God's asked me to be nice. <laughs> then be nice. Okay, God's dealing with my attitude. Well, deal with your attitude. Right? I mean, right? I mean, it's just, you know, it's, you know, we try to somehow work it out and analyze it and justify it and say, I'll get to that. In the meantime, you know, we're, we had a step to take. Come on, and we're not taking it. Uh, let's get back to Genesis. Amen. <clears throat> so are you still with me? Okay. Uh, so anyway, um, so another step for, uh, for Abraham. Um, so uh, Genesis 14 now. Let's go to 14. So what happens now? <clears throat> now there's a bunch of stuff going on here. Um, this is a, we're now, there's people coming in the land, and there's warfare going on, some thievery going on. Let's go down to, um, let's go down to 10, verse 10. A valley of uh, Siddim was full of asphalt pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Why? Because there's other people coming in, and they're, they're sissies. And so they run because there's pressure on. There's other kings that have come together to try to attack this group. Now, just for whatever it's worth, okay, this is why... This is why we're reading this, is because if you go to the maps, okay, all this land is Abram's. Well, Lot, of course, goes and pitches his tent close to Sodom. Before long, he's in Sodom. Come on, somebody. And now he's been, go to the next verse here. Uh, they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, these other, these other tribes, and all their provisions, and went their way. So they're t- taken. Well, how come they're on his land? Just a thought, right? I mean, so now we got thieves, the next chapter already, we got thieves coming in, taken. It's it just, you know, whatever. You might think I'm taking too much liberty here, but... I'm telling you, this is how this stuff works. God gives you a step to keep stress out your life. That's stress. It's an it's open door for stress right now. Here it goes, right? Verse, next verse here, verse 12. They also took Lot. Well, of course they did. They took Lot, Abram's brother, son, who dwelt in Sodom now, and his goods. Why? Because he had a bunch. And departed. Come on, verse 13. So one of those that was in that household, that group, that family, or at least part of Lot's, you know, workers or whatever, he escaped, came and told Abram, the Hebrews, know who we're talking about, for he dwelt by the terebinth tree, because that's where he went and put his tent. Come on. Now, when you start looking at this, he's on the, he's on the south side of the property. Come on. And all this is happening kind of on the north kind of the northwest, or probably no, the northeast side of the property. This is where all this thievery and stuff's going on. Anybody hearing me? Now, there's a lot of property here. But it was all given to Abram and was asked to walk it, claim it, take it. Do you think God told him to walk it just for any old reason? You think, 
Just, you know, just, you know, I got nothing to say. I need another thing to say in a verse here because we've got to put another verse in here. Let's just I, walk the land. There's a reason he said walk the land. But he, you know, that's a lot to walk. It would have been because when you start looking, we're talking thousands of acres here. Thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. So walk the land in its length and in its width. So it isn't just, you know, walk to the end back. We're talking walk, 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 right? Come on. So he, he knows this is going to take some time. Yeah, it will. But you better go claim it. But you didn't claim it, so now we got thieves coming in. Okay? And then, of course, of course, the one you should have never brought along is the one they take. Right? So somebody out of the group, you know, escapes, comes down, finds him, and tells him what's going on. All right, verse 14. <clears throat> Let's see, did I give you 14 or not? Huh? I didn't? Okay. Or maybe there ain't a 14. Is there a 14? There is. Okay, no, actually, what the, best, the best thing is it, he, goes, he goes and takes him. So the point being is this, okay, uh, the point is, is now he's involved. Now you got to go fight. Now he wins because why? Because God's there to sustain him. He wins, goes in there, he has a victory. Come on, somebody, it's all good. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Gives the tithe to the, you know, the prophet of God. You know, come on, right? Come on, the high priest, I mean. Come on, the tithe of all of it. Come on, right? It was, a, I mean, a big score for, for Abram, so we're not taken away from all that. But the bottom line was, there should have never been a battle. There shouldn't have had to been one. Are you still with me? Okay, let's go to 15, chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord, uh-oh, he's talking again. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid. Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said to him, Lord God, uh, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, uh, Look, you have uh, given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one will come uh, from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought him outside, and here we go again, getting him involved. Look now toward heaven, count the stars. Do something here. Now remember, these are all steps of faith. And there are parts of this that he did right, right? Come on. And parts he didn't. Come on, I mean, there's all kinds. We can, we, we'll ju we can justify all kinds of things. So he goes, he looks up, he, count, he said, now count the stars. Whoa, 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 man, there's so... You think you can't? Well, I, no, there's just too much to number, right? Well, he says, so shall your descendants be. Trying to tell you again, trying to get it across to him. So he believed in the Lord and an account of him for righteousness, okay? So he's starting to get a hold of this, am I right? Now, earlier on, he's talking, you know, it's, he, it, this is for you and your wife. Okay, so let's skip to chapter 16. Well, you know, obviously they were trying, and Sarah's kind of getting tired of this crazy man. Hello? Let it go, son. 
So Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian uh, maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me. No. The Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps uh, I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Did God tell you to do that, Abram? No, but my wife did. <laughs> yeah, things happen. Yeah, it's justifiable. Hey, heck yeah. Okay. And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, uh, to be his wife after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. Why? Because it's already working in him. See, back there, chapter 15, it says that, you know, he believed. And now it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Why? Because he's starting to get it. So now it's working in his body, but Sarah ain't got it yet. Come on, that's all. That's all it is. Okay, so here we go. So uh, he, he goes into Hagar, and she conceives. And when uh, she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became uh, despised in her eyes. And, of course, guess what? We got stress. We got problems. Hey, this wasn't supposed to happen. Well, God didn't tell you to do that, but now we got problems. Okay, so let's be, better skip on. Let's go like chapter, well, same chapter. Let's go like uh, verse 15. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. And Abram was, here we go, 80. Come on, there's always a reason. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Now, we've had problems with Ishmael ever since. <clears throat> so, anyway... Verse 1 of chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old. There's 13 years gone here, people. Let's see, am I, did I do that right, the math? 13 years. Well, why, why how come God now is talking at, at age 9? Well, because you're, you, you, you're doing your own thing, and now you got, you got your own problems and your own issues, and you're wondering where God is, and... Come on, somebody. 13 years of silence. That's, uh, come on. Okay, so the Lord now appears to Abram and says to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make uh, my covenant between me and you, and uh, will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and, talk, uh, and God talked with him, saying, uh, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And uh, you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram. Goes on. Okay, he's dealing with all this. And really what's happening now is getting ready uh, uh, is the covenant, right? Come on, here we go. Or actually, the covenant's already happened, but it's, this is the circumcision time, okay? So here we go. So uh, let's see. Let's, where am I at? Verse 5. Is that where I'm at? Okay. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. Uh, for I've made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make, I will make nations of you, and kings shall uh, come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in your generations for uh, an everlasting covenant to, uh, to be God to you and your descendants after you. So I give 
I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan uh, as an everlasting possession, and I will be. In other words, it's still, the promise is still there. Isn't that nice? But now he's talking, 13 years, he's talking. Now, by this time, Abram's pretty locked on here. Okay. Uh, verse, what, 9, is that where we're at? God said to Abram, as, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants, uh, after you throughout uh, their generations. Uh, this, is my, uh, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male uh, child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And he went and did this at 99 years old. And everybody else. Come on, somebody. That's pretty serious. Okay, why? Because I'm going to do whatever he tell me. Come on. And let's see here. I'm not sure how far down I, how far I gave you on the uh, deals back there, but, um, but the bottom line is um, Abraham gets a hold of this. Come on, somebody. And the next chapter, Sarah, through a little bit of work here, she gets a hold of it. And we have us a kid. Now, Abram's pretty, pretty locked on now. Now, remember this, um, uh, you know, if you, let's see, I don't know if I gave you that reference, but like uh, Romans 4 talks a lot about this. Um, uh, he says that, uh, you know, it's all according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And, and uh, this is chapter 4 of Romans. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not, you know, look at that. He, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. Come on, somebody. How did he get to that place? Well, he didn't, he didn't start there. Are you still with me? But he got there, didn't he? Are you still with me? Now, the point is, is that, you know, none of us are, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not all, we haven't arrived either. We're still gaining. Come on, somebody. And hopefully we're, we're, we're being serious about, I think maybe that's more my point tonight, is to be serious the fact that when God begins to talk to you about some things, you know, take it serious. Come on, somebody. Don't try to, you know, try to justify things and try to, uh, you know, uh, you know, add your own little pieces to it. Come on, somebody, or somebody else's pieces to it. Because the last time he got in trouble because he listened to his wife. Come on, and uh, you know you can kind of see how the whole thing plays out. I mean, she's just a little tired of this of me talking this God stuff. I'm, I'm kind of you know you're out in the sun too long, dude. <laughs> just stop it. Here, here, let me here, have her. And then things happen. She's like, <gasps> and now we got stress and we got problems and and she's all upset. And then we have issues now with they got to deal with Hagar and got to deal with Ishmael. And come on, they get sent out. And come on, all the stuff that happens and and it's stuff that pulls on Abram's heart because he's just thinking, well, I've got a son now. Let's just do everything. No, that is not the promised son. And he's not gonna. God isn't gonna say that to him. If Abram didn't know that, Abram did too know it. 
See what I'm saying? And so it's, it's, it's you know, and, and that's really another thing. I feel like, you know, we, we, we know when God's, I mean, we're, the word says that you're his sheep, right? Um, you know, John 10 says that you're his sheep and, and that, you know, his sheep know his voice, hear his voice, and follow his voice. Come on, somebody, right? And then it goes on and it talks about, you know, that, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundant, right? He, he didn't change subjects, okay? So he says, and the voice of a stranger you will not follow. Amen. Come on, somebody. But you follow his voice. He comes in now, still kills and destroys. Creates stress, anxiety, pressure, people problems, family problems, financial problems, health problems. Right? It happens. But he said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. So the thing, see, everything's hinged on hearing and following. You're glad you came out on a Wednesday night. <laughs> and so it's all hinged on that. You know, uh, uh, um, and most people believe that, uh, most scholars believe that, Abra- or pardon me, that Paul wrote Hebrews. Um, so, you know, but in the writings of Hebrews, uh, in chapter 12, it, it brings out that, you know, you know, God is, you know, is trying to talk daily, it says in chapter 3 and 4, daily if you'll hear his voice. Come on, somebody. Follow his voice. Come on, take a hold of it. He's talking daily. But he's, he, chapter 12, he comes out, he says, don't think that if you're going to ignore what he says, that it's going to be any different for you than it was for the children of Israel. This is new covenant. Well, wait a minute, the mercy and the blood, and absolutely, praise God for all of that. And God's still there to want to sustain you. And even though we stumble, we get back up, we keep moving toward him so he can... That's why I always there's always a plan A. Well, I botched up plan A. Well, not your today's plan A. Okay, you might have messed up yesterday's plan A, but go to God, hear God, let Him give you what to do now, and follow. Right? Come on, right? And I mean, the whole thing's hinged on this hearing and following. And so He's using Abraham as an example to you and me of these steps that if we follow, these are all steps that he took. And if you really stop and look at them, they're no different than the steps he asks of us. You know, stuff that deals with, you know, that just look, you know, just being obedient to these things. Just, you know, the, 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 the steps of, of uh, separation sometimes. God, how, God says you need to make distance here on this or, or do this or change this. Or, uh, you know, there are times when God says, you know, press in for the impossible. And we're back here, oh, just don't. no, look up. See, he can do this. Now go after it, you know. And God's pulling you towards something, moving you toward. And pretty soon we start out. Oh, and I think about sometimes, you know, even in my own life over the years, the things that, 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 that manifested, I think, man, I just create nothing but pressure and stress. And, and, and the whole time, you know, back here, God was trying to walk you through something to show you something and do this, buy this, sell this, whatever. And the whole time was because to eliminate the stress and the struggle right here. But see, you, you didn't follow it because of whatever, a mindset, your own opinion. Somebody else said, oh, that'd be stupid. 
whatever. And so God says, do this. You didn't do that. You thought, I'll just do this instead. And then we got all this pressure now. And God, he had a, he had a plan for all that. Look at your neighbor and say, praise God, he still loves me. He does, doesn't he? He does. So I don't want you walking out of saying, oh, man, I've messed it up so bad. Because we've all botched it. We've all come up short. We've all followed maybe, you know, instructions. We might have followed some of it. But we all do know that when we followed all the instructions, it manifested just like you said. And we probably all have examples of that in our life. Right? Because usually every instruction God gives us, it's really nothing really that complicated. Almost all of it is, is pretty simple. You know. God tells, you know, Moses, Moses is standing there trying to be the man of God. And he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The word says he turned around and he had a conversation with God. And God said, why are you whining? So obviously it wasn't a good conversation. Why are you whining? He sounded spiritual. But he turned and God gave him an instruction. Just lift your arms, will you? That wasn't that hard. Now that's what I'm talking about right there. See, I told you to stand still. It always makes you look better. Amen? You follow God. Right? Most of the time when God's telling you, it isn't this tough stuff. It's really pretty simple stuff for the most part. You know, when he told him, he said, walk the land. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of land to walk. Yeah, but it's easier than what you're going to deal with here in a few more weeks. Still with me? Well, I believe our boy got it, and we'll close with this, chapter 22. How about that? It came to pass that uh, after these things, God tested Abram and said to Abram, said to Abram, I hear, I said, Abram, and Abram said, here am I. And he said, uh, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land, Moriah, and offer him as a burnt offering. Now, this time he's, he's saying it, isn't he? Oh, come on. And he tells him where to go. And the word says there was no hesitation. Abram rose early. That's what, it, that's what he means. That's what it means by that. Rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, went after it. Why? Because God said do it. When God said do it, you do it. Come on, somebody. Did that happen overnight for Abram? No. Now, Abram, from the very get-go, we have testimony of things we did do right. Isn't that great? Amen. Come on. Right? Amen. But we also see where when you're not following what he says, there's opportunity and doors open for stress and anxiety and pressure of all types. So the, uh, the thought being, as I said earlier, is that, you know, the more that we're attentive to what God says and follow it, 
the less stress you will see in your life. Amen. Amen. Now, you would think this would be a stressful moment for Abram. But for some reason, it didn't seem to bother him. If you go into the New Covenant, the Word said that he saw, a, saw Isaac raised up out of the ashes. So when God told him, you're going to offer him up, he was so convinced, this is a promised child. There is no way he's going to take away the promised child. So he thought, okay, great, I'm going to see me an awesome miracle. I'm going to offer him up. We're going to burn him up as a burnt offering. And God's just going to do a glorious miracle. Now, of course, God aimed to kill and kills. Isn't that great? Come on, somebody. And realize, you know, he's willing to do whatever I ask him. And the word said, because of his willingness to do that, it's what opened up the door for him to do with his son. Come on, somebody, to you and me. It's a cool thing, you know, when you start looking at how it all went down. Amen. But the bottom line is, the man didn't get there overnight, didn't do it all perfect. But he sure got it, got a hold of it. Amen. And went down in history as a man of faith and power. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Yeah. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you. Appreciate you letting me get that far with it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Did you get something? Yeah. All right. Father, we give you praise and glory tonight. Once again, thank you for your word and uh, for these principles. Thank you, Lord God. We have ears to hear. Hallelujah. And Father, I thank you, praise God, hallelujah, that no matter what things we've ever done and maybe we've stumbled along the way, I'm so grateful that you're still there to sustain us, to uphold us, praise God, by your hand. So Father, we look to you, lean on you, that regardless of times that we've maybe kind of missed it or overlooked things or whatever it was, praise God, we're looking to you now, lead us, guide us, direct us, hallelujah, show us what to do, what not to do what to say, what not to say, hallelujah, when to move forward, when not, when to buy, when to sell, all those things, praise God, helping us in every area of our life. And I thank you that we do have an ear to hear, that you've made our ear to hear, hallelujah. And I give you the praise and the glory for it, in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you got an ear to hear. Praise God. And you are dismissed tonight. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.